world where writers don't constantly disappoint? George R. R. Martin, stop writing damn coffee table books and finish what you started, you cocktease. <laughs> John I know Grisham. he listens. <laughs> John Grisham, step outside your comfort zone for once, or step aside, you one-note hack. Wow! J.K. Rowling, fall down and mineshaft and die, you turf dickhead. <laughs> yes, yes, please. All you had to do was be a billionaire, lady. Yep. But you're in the right place, then. If you want writers who don't disappoint, welcome to Bros Before Prose podcast, a fiction podcast where three masters of their crafts create three amazingly comical capers based on randomly assigned prompts every two weeks. And no turf dickheadness. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain to uh, everyone else what a turf dickhead is? Oh, it's a tr- uh, it's um, an ex it's a trans exclusionary radical feminist. It's a a woman who calls herself a feminist but is like hatefully transphobic. Huh, that's a cool term for that. Yeah, I never knew that. That's giving a lot of respect to people who are just yeah. fucking pricks. They they hate it is the best part. They absolutely hate. Of course, it. Of co- well that's why you do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm Rich Masters, and with me as always are Josh Henderson, hi, and Jeff Pennington. Hello. Um, second episode, boys. How are we feeling? Well, the 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 intro went a little better this time. Yeah, because some yeah. crap didn't uh, interrupt me halfway through. You know, I thought about interrupting <laughs> you again, <laughs> but uh, I was a good boy. I'm on my best good boy behavior. Someone uh, said to me that we peaked five seconds in in that That's first true. episode. <laughs> That's true. We did. Can't can't. I mean, that, that happens to men all the time. It's yep. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, it happens. Come on. Should we give a shout out to Camadorn who did some amazing art, fan art for the podcast? Oh yeah, for the holy first shit! Episode. Like, I didn't expect fan art ever. <laughs> so the fact that we got fan art directly after the first episode was so fucking cool. And like, uh, I believe it, I believe it's her art. Mm-hmm. Think mm-hmm. so. Incredible! Yeah, I was yeah. So I was good. like pissing myself from excitement and laughing. I threed. <laughs> well, your your picture was particularly titillating. It yeah, was it, it was yeah. titillating. It was boobalating. Right. <laughs> I I would bolt that onto my wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they the good thing is they reminded me of um like those watercolor pictures you see in a. Like a fancy edition of a book. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. I yeah. like kind of like the the hand like free handiness mm-hmm. of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, was cool. It was, it was very was watercolor. Yeah. And I appreciate yeah. I appreciate anybody who can work with uh, the devil's paints and make like <laughs> yeah, beautiful the, pieces. Yeah. The devil's jizz paints. <laughs> so it's watery. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, they're on they're on Twitter or, uh, at Bros Before Pros Pod. Um, but you can follow Camadorn at Camadorn, which is spelt with a K. I'm not going to spell the whole word. You can figure it out. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. I mean... <laughs> I'm going to spell every word out for you. Do some fucking work, listeners. Yeah. You Google it. Daniel <laughs> fucks. Um, it's a at K A M E R D O D O R N. This is why I didn't spell it out because I struggle with spelling. <laughs> You were reading it off the screen. I was reading it off the screen. I know, I know. 
Um, so, our prompts for this week were portraits and breweries. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I think Josh is going to go first this week, aren't you, Josh? Yeah, I'm going to go first. <laughs> so let us it. step into the beautiful lands of Darinos. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. My story this week is called The Screwery. <laughs> Sold. Water dripped down the side of an alley awning building like sweat drips down my balls. <laughs> the night was quiet. Almost too quiet. A rat scurried across an alleyway where a cloaked figure shuffled stealthily with the confidence that only a two-dicked troll could have. <laughs> His tusks shone in the, uh, in the brazier light. One as gold as your mama's award-winning thick-ass booty. What's her number, dog? Let me hit up your mom. I'll be a good dad. We can go to the park. Do you know how to shave? (laughs) Sid the Rogue slipped in and out of a few doorways, finally finding his way into a dirty-ass basement that'd even make your thick mama say, Boys! Clean this mess up right now, because when your father comes home, I'm going to sit on your father's face and make his death look like an accident so we can get the insurance money to buy a new basement, because honestly, this one is fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Sid, a dark and gravelly voice said from the musty dank. I trust you found your way. Sid slipped off his hood and looked around. They were alone. Almost too alone. (laughs) (laughs) You got the coin? Sid queried gruffly. Always so quick to blow your load all over my business tits, Sid, my friend. (laughs) Said the figure as he emerged from the dark. This made Sid wince. There he stood, in all leather, with an executioner's mask, complete with a ball gag? In his, in his hand, he held a giant double axe with a big-ass floppy dildo on the handle. <laughs> of what Sid could see of his face, it was scarred and gray. He could see red veins in his hand, and he was fucking jacked. <laughs> nice. Dude could probably lift a boner cycle over his head and spin it on one finger. This figure was none other than Glimp the Sexecutioner. <laughs> I need you to steal me the finest potion ever made, Glimp said, licking his SDSLs, which stands for Sick Dick Sucking Lips. <laughs> Coin Coin first, Sid remanded. Of course, of course, Glimp said as he slid, sidled up to Sid's side. Glimp put a clammy hand on Sid's shoulder, and with his other hand, which was a hook, he (laughs) held up a purse of gold. (laughs) Get me what I need, and I can get you more pleasurable rewards. Glimp's tongue circled around the outside of the ball gag and licked (laughs) Sid's cheek. (laughs) How do you even talk with that thing in there, Sid said nonchalantly. (laughs) Oh, this? 
I mean, yeah, I mean, my gag reflex is all but gone. You should see what kind of fruits I can deep throat, man. Also, like, you get used to it. I'm kind of like a ventriloquist at this point, but, you know, I actually get laid, like, all the time. <laughs> Glimp laughed evilly and slunk back into the shadows. Uh, okay, well, I'm gonna get going. Silence deafened the room. Okay. Remember, Glimp's voice again boomed from the darkness. Get me the holy Viagra. <laughs> the holy Viagra, a potion so potent that it definitely will keep you hard for more than four hours. And when it and when it does, there's no point in seeking alchemic attention. You're in for one wild night. <laughs> Sid had been doing easy jobs like this for a few weeks to keep his mind off of, well, everything. Ugla, he sighed. Just one more job and he would go back. He'd make it right. Soon he reached a large wooden warehouse type building. Sid took out a cool crossbow and fired a bolt to the top of the building where he batmaned his ass up to the roof. (laughs) Once up there, he found a glass moon window. Sid reached up and cracked his gold tooth out of his mouth and began to trace a line in the glass. Soon the glass cutout fell, but Sid quickly grabbed it so it wouldn't break. Once inside, he looked around. The darkness was heavy, almost like the heaviness he felt in his heart for his bearded beloved. Oh, <laughs> A brewery, he thought to himself. Good place to hide an illegal alchemy lab. <laughs> he turned... <laughs> He turned a corner and stopped dead in his tracks. A long hallway lay before him. On each wall, large mirrors were pointed in different directions. Lasers, he thought. <laughs> Laser, or light always shining alarm relay, was advanced magic. <laughs> These fuckers were rich and highly prepared. <laughs> Sid reached into his sack and pulled out a, bo- a bottle of gl- glitter dust. He blew a handful at the lasers, and in an instant could see white-hot beams of magical holy light bouncing all around the hallway. With ease, Sid Catherine Zeta-Jones his way through the lasers. (laughs) Using tantric kung fu, he learned when he spent that semester on Mount Mamory, studying with the fuck monks of the Order of the Crouching (laughs) Three-Way. Soon he reached an office-type room. Books and paintings covered the walls. These alchemists were raking in the gold from this operation. This had to be where the Viagra was hidden. If it... If... Ah, sorry. If... Wait, I really fucked this sentence up. <laughs> oh, no. It, it really was lucky, perhaps... If he was really lucky, perhaps Sid could find the recipe. There we go. Quietly, Sid dug through his never-ending satchel and dug out a pair of steampunk-looking goggles. <laughs> These had been a gift from Ugla. Ugla, he sighed. <laughs> Once on, the goggles allowed the wearer to see whatever, see wherever anyone had been in any given room. But Sid, pl- but when Sid placed them on his face, face windows, <laughs> all he could see was a bl- was blown out white. I mean, this place was covered in activity. There were handprints on the walls, boom, boob prints on the handprints. He's sc- he scanned slowly and saw cheek marks on the seat and ball marks on other seats. One long, girthy mark co- coiled around the bottom of a chair and wrapped around the desk. Either that was a snake man or someone who has a fucking King Kong-sized King Kong donger. 
Sid stepped closer to the paintings, checking behind them for a safe for a safe or a hidden door. Places like this were fucking riddled with hidden doors. <laughs> Nothing. Sid sighed. Sid sighed. Okay, think, he said to himself. Suddenly, out of the corner of his eye, he sensed movement coming from one of the paintings. It was a painting of the room he was standing in. Fucking weird. <laughs> he walked over to it and felt around the edge for any clues. He could have sworn he saw something moving. The painting was large. Even hung up, it must have been as tall as Sid. As he reached around the bottom of the frame, suddenly there was a click. And before he knew it, the painting was falling. But it never hit the ground. Sid winced at, Sim, Sid winced at his dumbassery and stupid boy brain <laughs> for making such a rookie mistake. But he looked around. All was quiet. Why hadn't he heard the crash? He looked down and saw the large frame of the painting surrounding him. Of course, he thought. A portal trip. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, my young friend. An old voice came from the dark. I assume you're here for the festivities. Sid remained quiet in the dark room. He could see no one. He slid his goggles off his eyes and strained to see through the darkness. But as soon as he thought he could see someone, the room lit up with a ghostly blue light. There before him were dozens of being beings. Monsters, sub-demons, main demons, orcs, goblins, elves, and they were all tit-ass fucking naked. <laughs> Ooh. Sid I'm was so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's working. <laughs> Sid was seeing more dong tit hanging (laughs) in that moment than all of his ancestors combined. Fucking cool. (laughs) In front of him sat a ghostly emaciated form of a wizard. An elf wizard who looked weak and old. Elves rarely, if ever, got old, but this dude was so old, his balls were hanging so low they were getting road rash. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the orgy, my friend, said the wizard. And just as he did, Fuck the Pain Away started playing from an all-sea ball in the corner. This party was lit once again. Around the room, Sid stared in amazement as he saw orcs fucking goblins, a goblin fucking a dogman, a gelatinous cube slithering around within his milky translucency. (laughs) Sid could see that this cube had dozens of glory holes on his outer slime. Yeah. They were fucking that cube. <laughs> Orc babes were clapping cheeks so hard next to the wizard that Sid could feel it in his chest. The sheer amount of booty bass thumping was enough to wake up the dead, which it did. A skeleton popped out of a coffin and began to do the robot across the room, at which point he reached the gelatinous cube. His teeth chattered in excitement as he was devoured by the cube and turned into acid immediately. That dude was into some fucked up shit. But hey, who are we to judge? Elf babes were fucking kissing so hard, sparks flew off their hard-ass elf bodies. Or maybe they were just wearing some glitter dust. (laughs) Two buff orcs were 69ing so hard, they accidentally reinvented the wheel as they rolled 69-style across the room like an adult version of the stick-and-wheel game, which had only been just invented a few years ago. (laughs) 
a dude was making out with a cursed sword in the corner. In another area, a wizard uh, was astral projecting. His astral form had like 12 damn hands, and he was cranking off a dozen hot dudes and babes <laughs> and non-gendered beings. This dude was the Mozart of dicks. <laughs> The room began to haze over with a cummy fog. Oh. <laughs> That's a gross sentence. Who wrote this? Who wrote this shit? This is disgusting. The smell was unique. <laughs> <laughs> like ozone and tomatoes and pineapple? <laughs> These ghosts were buck-fucking-nasty, and this orgy was going balls deep into the hot morning hours. You know, like between 2 and 3 a.m. when the clock starts getting real fuckable. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I think I've been affected by this realm. <laughs> <laughs> Enough! Sid shouted. Everyone stopped thrusting and busting. <laughs> Where is it? Sid demanded to know. Where is the holy Viagra? Everyone erupted in naked laughter. My boy, the wizard said. That is just a myth. There is no such brew or cup or cock ring or even regular ring that maybe a small person could put on their cock as a cock ring. <laughs> Sid glowered. My boy, the wizard continued, I am the closest thing there is to a holy Viagra. <laughs> the orgy cheered and began to shout, Jizzard, Jizzard, Jizzard. <laughs> But, Stib, Stib, Sid stammered, how? I am the last of an ancient sect of wizards who mastered the penile arts. <laughs> Instead of using magic for power, I focus on using magic for fun. And boners. <laughs> <laughs> what is this place, Sid demanded to know. My prison, my young friend. But as far as prisons go, it could be worse. I mean, look at this orc's badass backbeat. <laughs> Won't find that in the pain mines. <laughs> he said as he slapped the butt as the jelly rippled and made the sound of clapping thunder. <laughs> How do we get out, Sid asked. Me? I don't, the jizzard replied. But you, you can leave whenever you wish. We do not keep those here who do not wish to be here. And you, my boy, your heart... It's out of cosmic alignment, shall we say. It's too late for me, my boy. But thank you for visiting my orgy. Come again soon. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> I do. The whole orgy began to laugh, and slowly Sid's vision faded. A moment later, he awoke on the floor of the office. The painting hung once again on the wall. Sid rubbed his eyes. How long was he out? Someone surely would be here soon. He grabbed his pack and headed for the door, but stopped mid-stride. Shit, he said under his breath, as he turned around back to the office and took the painting off the wall and headed out the door. <laughs> Finn! <laughs> Very Yo, good. You were going to have to edit my vocals down. For nah, we're leaving God that damn. in. We're leaving it in. Uh, I do turn you guys down slightly, or like... like like, yeah. I'll turn... You know what I mean? Whoever's selling the story gets yeah. a buff to their volume. I am sweating. <laughs> I just laughed so fucking hard. My whole head is goddamn red. Gelatinous cube filled with jizz is... Yep. Is just... <laughs> yep. And skeleton acid. Mm -hmm. And don't think I didn't miss where a warehouse-type building <laughs> and office-type room really got me. <laughs> I mean, what can I 
I say, I'm super good at writing. Oh, that killed me. <laughs> Holy shit. There were some uh, great callbacks that I think uh, a lot of yeah. people are going to really love. In that I hope as so. Because uh, they've been missing them. Yeah. Yeah, it's kitchen sink time now, baby. Yeah, you know throw it I mean? all in. Throw everything you got, yeah, Josh. fuck it. <laughs> I'm throwing everything into that gelatinous cube. You know I mean? <laughs> Who isn't? <laughs> I mean... If you're at that party, you are. I know what we're doing after the show. <laughs> that gelatinous cube has got to look like milky, milky oh. Swiss cheese, right? Like, like green... Yeah, like green, milky Swiss cheese. Mm. Well, this is... I hope someone's eating. (laughs) Mm. I'm hungry. You guys? Mm, Yeah, I want a cheese sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Do we take breaks in the show? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we take breaks. Yeah, all right. Let's take a break to to recompose and re-energize and refuel and get our jizz straight. (laughs) Come, come in. Yeah. All right, we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back, gang. Um, we just heard from Josh. It was a great story, dude. Thank oh, you. Oh, man, I loved it. I loved it. I wasn't sure about it because I have crippling self-doubt. You don't need to. Yeah, this you don't is, need it. Yeah, you, got, you know, like the magic triangle, if you can have two things, like, you know, you can get something cheap, you can get something yeah. fast, or you can get yeah. something done well. If you're, mm-hmm. the, if you're the weak point in the three, the other two prop you up. Sure. That's true. That's true. Wow. We're like a holy triumvirate. We're basically better than Jesus. Yep. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Which yeah. one I mean, of us we is actually cheap. exist? <laughs> we're going. We're going. Actually... <laughs> Which one of us is cheap? <laughs> That's my question. Which one of us is cheap in this scenario? Yeah, Rich. Uh... Which one of us is is easy? I'm. I'm well. No, I'm not. I'm not well at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be fast. <laughs> no, none of them. We're not coming off any better one. Yeah. Can't we? We'll all be a little cheap, easy, and fast, right? Cheap, there easy. I think that's cheap, true. Well and fast. We're all Mario and Mario Kart mm-hmm. 64. We're all just balanced enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wahoo. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to read next. Uh, are you ready? No, you're not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Am I not? No, it's not. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. No. Yeah. Oh, right. it's. Yeah, it's me next, because Josh no, went around to the front, and I started last time. All right. You know what? Just read your story. Thanks. Jeff's going next. <laughs> My name's Jeff, and I've got a great you. story. Okay. It's called The Burning Wife. Ooh. April Newsom had just spent the last 12 straight hours arguing with her bitch wife, Erica, and had gone to bed pissed the fuck off. <laughs> Damn, we're hate t- it. We're talking filled with the kind of seething rage that only Al Bundy and Maud could ever share. <laughs> Those are two references that some of us get. That that pal zoom straight to the moon type anger that wouldn't fly on 2022 television, but is fine for a podcast, I guess. <laughs> 
You see, April had in, uh, April had inherited her late uncle's rundown old tenement building, the Urban Arms, about two weeks ago. It was supposed to go to her older brother Steve, but Grandpa had refused to allow a man who unironically loved Buckcherry to be the proprietor, so it <laughs> oh fell to her. Oh my god, Get I cold. hate this guy. She couldn't really picture Steve, who looked like the 80s had shit out a wet mullet and it decided to exclusively wear jorts and smoke Pall Malls would attract many tenants to begin with. Anyway, this inheritance had started... I wrote anyway. Why did I... Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, this inheritance had started an endless argument between April and Erica that lasted through getting out of their lease at the flea-infested roach motel Erica had picked out as their original little love nest, lasted Ooh. through the move across the city from one run-down, crack-ridden shithole to another, <laughs> and even lasted two straight frigid days of living in the top apartment in the building. The God. gist of the problem in Erica's mind was that April had accepted the inheritance and decided to move them into this horrible, run-down, half-burnout old rat fuckery against her will. <laughs> rat fuckery! The gist of the problem from April's point of view was that Erica had never had a job in her entire goddamn life and hadn't put forth a single dime in expenses for anything since they met. This is not a healthy oh, relationship. Not healthy. This is a very bad... Erica maintained April was a pinch-penny piece of shit. April put forth the idea that Erica was a right royal twat with a face like an old baseball glove. Wow! As said before, they had gone to bed angry that night. Damn, I'd say. In the middle of the night, April had been jolted awake by the sound of an incredibly loud thud. She blearily glanced over at the alarm clock on her side table, which seared red with the time. 2.46 a.m. She groaned. It's a fuckable time. I've heard. <laughs> she groaned and sat still for a moment, hoping beyond hope that the sound had been inside of her dream, where Erica looked and acted a lot more like Elaine from Seinfeld. She didn't understand her taste either, but fuck you for questioning it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Elaine. No. The sound repeated with a slow dragging noise following it. Suddenly, April's entire demeanor changed. She slid out of bed with as little noise as possible and grabbed the baseball bat from its resting place leaning in the corner of the room. She brandished it with a white-knuckle grip and stood motionless in the cold, still darkness of this apartment that she suddenly felt was very alien and new. A few, st a few silent seconds passed, her breath held, the hair on her arm at attention. Erica snored, probably dreaming about catching a baseball with her leathery-ass face. <laughs> <laughs> it was coming from above her the attic the noise sent electricity through her muscles and she was moving before she even thought about the wisdom in it she was through the door and standing in the hallway before she'd even breathed again the pull string to the attic stairs was slowly swaying before she had even laid eyes on it what she gritted her teeth held even tighter to the bat in one hand, and yanked the stairs down. The creaky old wood slamming into the floorboards with a crash loud enough for every imp empty apartment in the building to echo it back at her. <sighs> Erica rolled over inside their apartment and snorted a weary, Shut the fuck up, April, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> April didn't hear it as she bounded up the stairs and fumbled as hard as she could for the light switch on the wall next to the trap door. Her hand slapped wood several times before finally finding the old turn-of-the-century push-button light switch. 
A single bulb dangling in the middle of the wide attic room slowly whirred the life, audible against the only sound of the night, April's shallow breaths. But she wasn't met with a scary clown, a masturbating-slash-murderous old creeper, or even oh, one of those scary-ass Chucky dolls that want to fuck you for some reason. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Instead, <laughs> sitting in the center of the attic, propped up against some old chairs and bins, was a gigantic, lifelike oil painting in an elaborate gold frame. She squinted against the yellowy light of the bulb that hung above it, making out the face of an old, heavy-set aristocratic woman with a white blonde quaff and a pure white evening gown. The old woman in the painting glowered at her, her face twisted into a disapproving glare. April Get the fuck out. <laughs> April looked around the rest of the room. The sudden, the sudden shock back to reality of the light and the creepy old painting reminding her she was a small, unathletic person in her pajamas holding a baseball bat she hadn't swung since middle school. And even then, the rest of the team called her Skidmark Poosum and wouldn't let her play anything but outfield. <laughs> She quickly turned the light off and rushed back down the stairs, slamming the trap door shut behind her and turning the locking mechanism. As she stood in the dark, breathing heavily and trying to think of what to do next, she couldn't help but smell something burning on the air. The faint scent of wood smoldering. What? The next day, April had decided to call the cops. She had set up all night long debating on it, but there was definitely someone, some kind of animal or something, in the attic of the building. The cops laughed in response to her claim. A cab. Look, lady, we've all heard the story of the urban arms. You're not the first one to try pulling this on us, the officer what? said on the phone, setting us up some valuable exposition while also up <laughs> upholding the A cab rule. <laughs> Next time, why don't you call us about some werewolves or global warming or something else fake that's at least original? Uh. He sneered fuckily, being a little bitch boy about it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what? April asks, stunned to be treated this way while being a white woman. I don't know what you're... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What story? Goodbye and don't call here with this shit again. The fuckhole cop hung up and probably pissed his pants because cops, am I right? Damn right. <laughs> April hung up the phone and stood there for a moment before noticing the stack of mail on the table next to the phone. One piece was sticking out from it, and the matte gray text gave her an idea for someone else to go to for help. Later that day, there was a ring at the front door, far earlier than in the day than April had expected anyone to show up. She swung open the door and found herself face-to-face -face with a middle-aged man who looked like life had bitch-slapped him on every <laughs> single birthday. <laughs> he held his hand out to her, and she recoiled instantly. Uh, I don't have any change. Since when do you people ring doorbells for this? There's got to be a city ordinance, sir. He interrupted yeah, she her. she is white. She mm. is white. Mm. He interrupted her. I'm uh, Pavlov Flinch, the the private eye. We spoke on the uh, the phone. <laughs> he spoke at a leisurely pace, unperturbed by the look of disgust in April's eyes and the look, smell, and sound of him. Hell, even his aura was repellent somehow. He was short, with sunken features and a five o'clock shadow that was less rugged and more of a giant red flag. <laughs> he was wearing what could only be described as Scruff McGruff cosplay without the giant foam mascot head. 60652. An old-timey gray trench coat, a brown suit, two sizes too big, yellow undershirt, and a keyboard tie? 
Dude, I fucking love this guy's style. He looked like the late 70s had grown legs and receded hair. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, April said with a hand to her temple, a headache coming on. She glanced at her watch and then back up at him. It's 10.30 in the morning. You're three and a half hours early. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. My mom has bingo at two, so I, can't, I can only use her car until then or I'll get in trouble. <laughs> this will be wrapped up before then, right? He responded plainly as if this wasn't wild as fuck for an adult man to be saying. <laughs> the whole time he kept fidgeting in place, looking up and down the street. Are you okay? April finally asked, frustrated and patient with this man almost immediately. Also the cloud of gin fumes around him. Oh, gin man. <laughs> Last time I was around here, I got beat up by some neighborhood kids over the Pokemon <laughs> trading card game, he muttered <laughs> while looking what around the- wearily. <laughs> what the fuck is this dude into? <laughs> I used the shiny Machoke that comes with the starter kit, and they called me a noob and took turns <laughs> kicking me. Mo- I mean, that is a new move. Mostly in the dick, but also in the kidneys some. Oh. <laughs> they pelted me with McDonald's chicken nuggets and ran off. Why he paused, the nuggets? He paused thoughtfully. I ate really well that night, though. <laughs> Mr. Flinch, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Can we just get on with this? April blurted out. <laughs> Her frustration thankfully masking the deep, deep regret at having hired a private investigator from the back of a local lawn company flyer. (laughs) Four seasons lawn. (laughs) Oh yeah, sure. Flinch pushed past her into the building without even waiting for the go-ahead, stopping in the foyer and peering around with his beady eyes. He reminded April of a rat if it was a human, but only kind of human. (laughs) She already hated this man. Like I said on the phone, I think there's some kind of itinerant hiding in the attic. My wife and I hear him banging around up there at all hours of the night. He paused for a moment before glancing back to her. Oh, you're one of those glads. (laughs) Uh, Gay, I corrected. Uh, Gay. He repeated in a tone that sounded like someone had reminded him of some obscure ALF trivia and not the fact of existence involving a sizable portion of the population. Can I see the attic? After Flinch took several breaks to not so sneakily gulp down quick nips of his hip flask on the stairs, April led him into the attic through the pull-string trap door. He gave the room a cursory glance. Looks like an attic, he said with some kind of pride in himself. (laughs) April winced, realizing she had already Venmoed this idiot a (laughs) hundred dollars. Venmo. (laughs) Please tell me you've got something else to say about this, she said through gritted teeth. Yeah, well, you really don't know what Pokemon is? (laughs) Alright, uh... (laughs) He looked around with a fed-up exasperation he had not earned in the slightest before shrugging and pointing across the room. What's with your big blank canvas? You a painter? What? Blank? April turned to look in the direction that he was pointing, and surely, as he saw, there was the gigantic, overly ornate gold frame from last night. But inside of it wasn't a portrait of a snarling old biddy. It was nothing but utterly blank white. Not a speck of paint on it. As a matter of fact, a good portion of the surface had begun to rot due to old age and disuse. She gawked, 
empty-minded, dread rising in her gut, before finally sputtering back to reality. Wait, no. No, that was completely painted earlier. A big fat woman with a nasty look. Whoa, whoa, let's not bring weight into this. That's body <laughs> shaming. <laughs> Flinch chastised, but April was hardly paying attention as he continued on. Look, are you sure you don't want me to just take photos of your wife fucking somebody behind your back? <laughs> That's usually what I get paid for. I swear I don't do anything unsavory with them. I got the internet back at home. <laughs> well, somebody's home. <laughs> April pl placed her hand flat against the surface of the painting. The feel of rough canvas, unwoven by time and age, almost like burlap, met her touch. She shook her head. The, the person up here must have done something. There really is someone in here then. Oh my god. She backed towards the stairs, arms crossed and shaking. Oh, don't worry. You know I keep that thang on me. <laughs> Flinch opened his overcoat to reveal a shoulder-mounted holster with the remains of an unwrapped, half-melted Choco Taco dangling from inside. It's the last one! Oh, shit, he muttered, frantically patting his hand over his pockets and peering into the other side of his coat. I must have left it in my mom's car. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh my god. April barely noticed Flinch duck down the stairs and disappear around the corner. But she did notice the stairs swing up and slam shut hard against the floorboard she stood on. She this jumped at the bad. sound and immediately dropped to the floor, pushing as hard as she could against the old wood. But it didn't even budge an inch. It took her longer than it would normally take her to notice because she was pushing and pulling against the stairs trap door, but eventually it did hit her. The smell of coal smoldering. Wood touched by fire. She raised her eyes slowly towards the painting in the center of the room. The white in its center slowly turned outward, deformed and bedraggled by flames. What? It sputtered at first, the fire that grew from within the painting, but it moved so quickly once it caught. The bright orange edge left behind a black soot upon the canvas, but it didn't stay still. It formed an image beneath the licking flames of a heavy-set woman in a soot-stained white gown, her hair gone, singed away at the root, her skin molted and black, scarred beyond all recognition. Except that look. That scowling, vicious stare. Even with teeth exposed by lips burned to ash, the scowl bore its way into April's mind. She screamed loud and strong, beating her fists against the wood harder and harder, filling her skin with wood shrapnel as blood stained the grains. But it did not move. The fire moved, however. Before April could even scream again, the flames had enveloped the entire room, metal screaming from the heat alongside her, wood alighting, plastic melting, all surrounding the horrific visage of the woman in the painting. The flames reached as long, curling, twisted fingers towards April, and then they enveloped her as well. And she what? too burned and twisted and melted away, all the while screaming. <gasps> Pavlov Flinch set four buildings down in O'Patty O'Reilly McGillicuddy's Brewery and Bar. <laughs> <laughs> on his second scotch on the rocks, probably his eighth drink of the day, 
No one judged him for it because it was an Irish bar. And you know how those people are. (laughs) Am I right? Yo, you said it, not me. You're on the job at the Urban Arms? The bartender asked, leaning over the counter with both elbows. Why, yes, I am. I'm a private detective, you know. Flinch responded, (laughs) gulping another swig down his gullet. I don't even have to take photos of people fucking this time if I don't want to. (laughs) If I don't want to. If I don't want to. The bartender stood up straight, confused by that statement, but undaunted. Well, uh, you don't know the story about the Urban Arms? Flint shook his head. It was built by some old oil tycoon for his wife, who was some kind of heiress or something herself. It was supposed to be a mansion house. Must have been a pretty beautiful place in its day. Pavlov nodded, not wanting to interrupt the exposition dump. (laughs) (laughs) The wife found out that the husband had been cheating on her for years with, get this, her own sister. She waited until the day both of them were in the house and burned them both alive in it. She drugged the woman kicking and screaming across the attic floor and threw her into the fire. Wow. The craziest part is they say she just stood in the attic window watching the whole place burn to the ground. Fucking crazy, man. Bitches, am I right? (laughs) Oh, I hear that. You said it, not me. (laughs) Flinch stared for a moment before shaking his head and slamming his glass down. I I, I haven't been fully paid yet, so I gotta... The sound of a siren wailing past and tires screeching to a stop down the street ended his sentence before liver failure could. (laughs) (laughs) Next time, his liver thought... Liver wants out, man. He wants out. <laughs> Flinch ran down the road along with the bartender and several other patrons of the brewery. They stood transfixed on the urban arms down the street, engulfed from cornerstone to roofing tile with searing bright flame. Yes. The firefighters worked valiantly, firing gallons of water into the building, but it was as if the fire couldn't even be touched. It just raged on and on and on. And the onlookers on the street that day all say the same thing. They all watched the building burn to nothing but ash and cinders for the second time in its life that day. It was less than an hour, and nothing was left but the foundation and the floorboards. But during the entire ordeal, as firemen screamed orders and people stood and stared in horror and awe, they all saw, in the top window of that building, (gasps) standing stock still, was a woman in a long white gown with a vicious sneer upon her lips. (gasps) <gasps> Erica was fucking wiling out when she got back from hot yoga, too. God damn. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. I went quiet for so long there because I was just like, I can't, I didn't laugh or anything because this is it's so, so good. It's so descriptive. <laughs> the lips, the ch- Oh, yeah. God, I love that. Thank you very much. I didn't know I was the modern master of horror, but it turns out... (laughs) It was great. It's hard to to put comedy in horror, but you did great, dude. Oh, thank you so much. It's a good thing Hitchcock is dead already, because he'd fucking kill himself if he'd hear your stories. (laughs) He's like, he's not just rolling over in his grave, he's like doing a spin. Uh, he's he's like turbine. Hook some electrodes up. Move to him. over, Jordan Peele. I'm the new <laughs> yeah. modern master of horror. Yeah. And comedy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So double well, fuck um, you, Jordan Peele. <laughs> uh, Pavlov Flinch, Private Eye, will return. No! I hate him! 
you're so good at making fucking hateable asses. <laughs> Hell yeah. I just look that in the mirror a... and I'm like, all right, that part, that part. <laughs> you, I just picture you looking at your Choco Taco holster. Oh, that's going that's in. That's going in, my Choco Taco. Oh, R.I.P., by the way. I wrote yeah, this that's... before Choco Tacos got discontinued. Uh, that's why they Maybe got discontinued. It's why. They were like, fucking Pavlov Flinch is eating them? Cut them out. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> What's the reverse of an endorsement? Because that's Pavlov I love that Flinch. guy. No. <laughs> I feel like he's going to see some wild shit in his life. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a bit of a hint in the story that he's already seen some wild shit. He mm. hears the ghost story and immediately is like, oh, I haven't been paid yet. Like, he's trying to get out yeah. before the ghost kills the person. So he yeah. like a shitty, He's like a shitty molder, right? <laughs> oh, he's really, he's really shitty. He's, yeah. I can't that wait to write awesome. more of him. I, I cut out half of this story, and it was all just Pavlov Flinch doing funny <laughs> shit. So, damn. He's got loads of material for the next one. Yes, if he's in it. I don't know if he's going to be in like back to back ones or yeah. not. He we'll could see. be busy trying to take his mom to bingo. <laughs> his mom's got the car, so he has to stay in his basement apartment. Pavlov Flinch I can't... in Bingo Hall Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> he. He lives with his mom. He takes care of his mom. It's not yes. the other way around. That's mm. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, yeah. I want macaroni and cheese for dinner. <laughs> Mom's dead oh, upstairs Pavlov. in a chair. <laughs> uh, R.I.P. April Newsome. Uh, yeah, she was kind of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. she was. I don't I, know if she I, deserved, I, to, deserved to burn to death, but no. yeah. Erica yeah, was also a fucker, so mm. but wilding it out after hot yoga. Some, something about <laughs> writing a character that's just like a piece of shit is really funny to me. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. Yep. Well, thank you everyone for listening to my great story. <laughs> Hopefully, it was good. What <laughs> it was great. What was really um, great, but also really jarring and. I kind of think made it even better was the fact that you just dead stopped the comedy and then it was nothing but yeah. horror. Yeah. And then you went dead back to the uh, comedy again. It was great. Yeah, that's amazing. If anything is my signature move in a story, that seems to be it. Where I just immediately switch from one to the other with nothing in between whatsoever. I would buy great. a fucking book of your. St- I would buy a book of both of your stories. Absolutely. I'm just throwing that out well, there. Here's... So maybe there's a book deal yeah. in our. <laughs> if anybody's gonna get a book deal, it's the man who created Darinos and won a million. No, hearts. no, no. I'm riding those coattails, son. Oh, I'm riding hard shit. those coattails. <laughs> yeah, we both have gigantically famous podcasts about our writing already. So you're riding our coattails. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am. Well, it's time. It's time for a break before we get to Rich Master's great tale. Right. Yeah. We'll see you in a minute. Welcome back, guys. Uh, Jeff, that was really 
good. Oh, I know. I, I, just, I think I'm going to start every section with like praise for the last story. And yeah, I kind of feel actually. Like, I kind of feel like I, fuck it. It's our show, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can suck it. each other's dicks right off, and they just we have to sit there and listen. We want. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I are you so I want to ask you a question. Um, mm-hmm. If so, you're gonna you're gonna try and you know stay in a horror vibe. Are you gonna cross genres? Are you gonna do I think, like? I think I was joking before the show, by the way, or else I'm not joking now, and I want to put on a good public face. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll I, see. Uh, <laughs> I think it's perfectly okay for us to switch genres around. Cause, yeah, uh, I, I have, don't I have an idea for like uh, like an ongoing kind of detective story that's not that would Pavlov so Flinch. Good. It's not Pavlov Flinch? <laughs> no. Thank God. It's like a sci-fi story and the ca- the main character is not a piece of garbage. <laughs> Pavlov Flinch. I, well, considering all of your previous uh, PI-related work, not, not like you, you were a PI... <laughs> Yeah, I was yeah. I was a private investigator. Did you take pictures of people naked fucking? Yeah, yeah he wasn't paid time. for him though. Yeah. Oh, no. well, that's the f- funny thing I had to cut out about Pavlov Flinch is he says like uh, I was already taking the photos anyway. I may as well get paid for them. <laughs> that's amazing. That's fucking amazing. Um, yeah, I'm well. I'm looking forward to uh, a delve into noir. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Maybe next time we'll see. I've got mm. I've got a lot of horror story ideas. I've uh-huh. I've never written horror stories before. This is like well, you write them like you've heard them, which is a compliment. Yeah, like, thank you. <laughs> you write that like this is like a story like I could like see like kids telling around like maybe not so like <laughs> like vulgary, but Pro- you know probably not probably not. But but I could see them telling these like this around a campfire or something. You know what I mean? Like see that mansion over there and like yeah, that's pretty like, much you know what, what I'm mean? going for. It's like, awesome. Well, it's that, like, that's also. The, are you afraid of the dark? It's also the great hallmark of a good story that you can add a bit of, you know, something else to it, like in this case, comedy. And if you took that out, it'd still be a great story. Yeah, it's true. Pavlov Flinch doesn't actually need to exist for the story to continue. He's like Indiana mm-hmm. Jones in the first movie. He did, does not need to exist in this story. And I wish <laughs> he was dead. <laughs> Perhaps he is. But then I've done my job. (laughs) Then I have done my job. (laughs) Right. You ready for my story? Absolutely. Okay. So I went a little off kilter this this week. Um, I mean, we're not on kilter. We've only done two episodes. Yeah, there's no Um, kilter yet. But I'm not wearing a kilt. (laughs) My oh, that's that's oddly um, thematic with this story. Is it? Is there a coincidence? There's a coinky dink. Yeah. Um, So. The title is Revenge is a Dish Best Served Deep. Nice. (laughs) Pizza story, finally. Far below Mount Grimrock, in the rare mineral mines where the skankiest dank creatures would never dare to skank a dank. (laughs) I love this already. The company of dwarves that made up the executive board of the Dank Pit Brewery were meeting for their quarterly meeting. I went from 60 to naught in that sentence. Like... Skankadank executive board meeting. Um, Here's this fucking cool fantasy setting, and now we're in a board meeting. In an office-type room. In an office-type room, in a warehouse-type building. The frosty silence of the summit was only broken by Hamish Reddencrotch as he coughed up the largest lump of dark green phlegm and spat on the table in disgust. 
The splashback hit his neighbour, Mac McMackintosh of the Mount McMacklin McMackintoshes. But Mac was thick as pig shit and twice as grimy, barely registering the thick green ooze as it ran down his coarse black arm hair. He instead, <laughs> he instead lifted a leg and released scotch crack mist so stomach-churning that the Jackson <laughs> twins instantly retched brown ale-laced vomit into their laps. What the oh, fuck? This is nasty as fuck, Rich. Is that the genre? Nasty? <laughs> nasty? <laughs> nasty dwarves. To his credit, Willie Crackensville sat cross-armed and kept his own counsel. But given his mother was his father's sister... That particular council chamber hadn't been in session for some time. (laughs) (laughs) Rounding out the group was Sadie Wetfack Dankpit, who blew her nose on a hanky as transparent as her reasons for marrying the much older, richer and now conveniently deader previous CEO, Slim Dankpit, then opened it and surveyed the contents, probably scared that some of the IQ she couldn't spare to lose had dripped out. Wow. <laughs> Fucking get wrecked. <laughs> Got him. Outside, the dark elf, Hallie Swiftweather, waited in reception like a good little summoned elf, eyeing the portrait on the wall above the dwarves. The grand oil painting of the recently deceased Slim Dank Pit that hung above the long oak table was truly awful. Not in terms of quality. In fact, it captured his gross corpulence, sallow skin, and an anger that only age related erectile dysfunction could produce. <laughs> Wherever she moved, the eyes of the portrait seemed to eye her with a hatred. It wasn't surprising. The dank pit dwarves despised elves with a passionate vengeance and had lain waste to the neighbouring wood elf village of Gladecleft not ten years ago, killing every inhabitant. Orphans, old people, which you should care about because unlike boomer humans, old wood elves are super rad and don't vote for their own interests against the entire human race. Dude, I'm going to say every old wood elf I've ever encountered has been fucking sweet. Super rad. And cutesy cherub face. Voted cutest elf most likely to be mourned heavily if she ever died in a dwarf-related massacre four years running. (laughs) What a specific award. Swift Feather regarded all the board members with the contempt reserved for sex offenders and those that lick potato chip dust off their fingers then reach uh, back into the sharing bag. Uh, oh no. She was this of a is mind. grosser than the first thing you said. <laughs> she was of a mind that if you were a double dust lick dipper, you might as well stir her tea with your cock while you were at it. <laughs> double dust <laughs> lick oh dipper. Oh my god. Lick dipper. But this set of dwarves were the most uncouth bunch she had ever had the displeasure of sitting downwind of. And she had been the, at the marriage of Kelvin, the necromancer king, and his questionably squelchy, droopy-eyed bride last year. The cheap questionably bastard... squelchy? <laughs> squelchy. The cheap bastard had resurrected that shitty band, Non-Imagined Dragons, to play at the oh reception too. <laughs> I fucking hate them. <laughs> One band member, predictably, played his exposed ribcage. Skelly men, she thought. So cliche. <laughs> <laughs> Send her in! Hamish Redencroft yelled to his PA in the reception room where Hallie had been waiting. The board will see you now, the wayfish dwarf said with such disdain it sounded as if her beard was choking her. <laughs> yep, Hallie said. Dwarves don't have doors. I saw and heard, remembering seeing those two dwarf interns just go into tavern on each other in the copy room earlier. 
(laughs) She entered the room to gasps, which was something she was accustomed to. Hallie was a dark elf, and even by their standards, her indigo-skinned beauty had captured more than woodland animals, if you knew what I mean. Oh, yeah. You you do know what I mean, right? The the sex stuff. Yeah, Yeah, I knew what you meant, you sly wags. (laughs) But... They weren't gasping at her deep purple eyes, or her dimpled chin, or the thighs you could snap a centaur into its component halves with. (laughs) (laughs) That sentence made me horny, and I liked it. (laughs) It was the Jackson twins who summed it up best. What the hell is that elf bitch doing here? Damn! The assembly's complaints overlapped, and Hallie heard the words, Stupid slut. inferior being and for some reason haberdashery sausages which really didn't make too much sense but didn't offend her half as much as the others considering she most probably had misheard that one (laughs) (laughs) Hamish brought the meeting back to order by yelling an obscenity so bad that in the neighbouring mining shaft two dwarf kids who were playing there straight up exploded in a fountain of dwarf guts leaving little Timmy Blackcrest with what would be crippling PTSD and beginning a life fueled by dwarf hookers and snorting rock salt Welcome to the club kid (laughs) Snorting rock salt. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a story for another day. And also maybe never because that sounds super bleak. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Listen, you filthy anal prolapses made flesh. (laughs) I asked Hallie here to help us turn around the brewery's misfortunes. Hamish went on to explain that since the death of Slim Dankpit, the once thriving magical brewery, famous for its best-selling Axe Gash Rash Begone Ale, guaranteed to cure all STIs or your STIs back, was on the verge of bankruptcy. What a great deal. The shocked members fell silent, their pride as dented as Mac Macintosh's acne-ridden nose. <laughs> Things were so bad, I went to one of the insect fortune tellers from the Mothman Prophecyers. Holy fuck. Crossed her palm with one of those flickery candles they like so much and asked her to tell me how to save our beloved business. She, she's a moth. She explained that if we were to, re- were to restore our fortunes, we should carve our faces into the side of this mountain and that should bring success raining down on us. Red, oh, no. Red and Crotch went on. Hallie is the most revered stone carver of ten generations. She's going to carve us into myth. For a hefty price, of course. What about the legendary flint fingered Frankie? Where's he? Willie Crackensfield asked. <laughs> you mean the dwarven potter who was rumoured to have his, got his long beard caught in his spinning wheel in that freak accident? Hamish went over to the minibar and poured himself a hard drink from a clay decanter that looked vaguely like a dwarf skull, with russet coloured tufts of hair sticking out, <laughs> then put it down and patted it with a wistful sigh. Ugh, we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> So we're trusting an elf to restore our fortunes, even after what we did to the wood elves, one of the Jackson twins asked. Hallie was tired of all this. Listen, I have as much love for dwarves as I do for dog shit flavoured toothpaste, she smiled. (laughs) But your beef was with the wood elves. Coin is coin in these hard times, and you promised enough that I'd never even have to wipe my own arse again if I didn't want to. I'll do it. Spoken like huh. a dwarf woman, nodded Sadie, Sadie Wetfack Dankpit. I doubt it, <laughs> Hallie grinned. 
I haven't got seven orc dicks in my mouth. Watch your tongue, elf, Reddingcrotch sneered, he and his company already on the way out of the door. Start sketching your designs and get to work. You've got a month to carve your first dwarf. They left. In the mineshaft next door, little Timmy Blackcrest rocked back and forth as he waited for help, his eyes wide, (laughs) knowing he may never see the light again. You see? It's just too bleak! (laughs) (laughs) Poor poor little Timmy. (laughs) Oh, he's never going to be saved. Just do, do that rock dust, kid. <laughs> Five I, minutes I can't passed. wait for three stories from now where you just <laughs> where randomly insert little Timmy rock dust. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Five minutes passed and Hallie grew tired of the silence as she sketched out her designs for the mountain. Hell's teeth painting. Speak and we can end this charade. The oil paint of Slim Dangpit's mouth cracked and split and as the portrait offered its first words, duff, dust puffed out like a grandma's queef. <laughs> you knew I know a haunted painting when I see one I hang one over my bed to freak men out If they ever get too handsy Hallie replied <laughs> the, re- Smart. the rest of those dwarf bastards killed you I take it They poisoned me at my 126th birthday party To be honest I did think it was a mite strange That they all got me potions as presents But I thought they were being cheap fucks And it was better than receiving book vouchers <laughs> but my rage was trapped in a commemorative portrait they had commissioned to cover their guilt you're smart for a dark elf slim dank pit wheezed wow and you're an ugly painting for a dead dwarf hallie went back to her works got him wait they promised you riches elf dank pit whispered i can give you the entire brewery hallie lifted her gaze tell me more Still eyes somehow rolled towards the boardroom's drink cabinet. You see that pot? You mean what is clearly flint-fingered Frankie's skull? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, answered Dankpit. It is a powerful tool, whisper, whisper, whisper. Editor's note, the hushed whispers imply scene change, preferably in the form of a star wipe. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that is cinematic as fuck, dude. God, I am in... Fuck, man. Star wipe. Take, take <laughs> note, George. George Lucas. Star wipe. 28 days later, not the zombie film, but the actual passage of time. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. I was confused. Yeah. Hallie sat on a hanging support on the side of the mountain, carving the hands of her creation. She had been given total privacy to work on the masterpiece, and the dwarf matrons had created a curtain laced with silver that covered the entire section of the mountain Hallie was working on. Too thin, the pot in her bag muttered. Which one, she sighed. Both. She turned to the bag. You can suck both my nuts, dank pit, she muttered. (laughs) Now Now if you don't want to take a trip down the mountain, hush up. Two days left, she thought to herself, smirking at her plan. Star wipe. The big day was here. (laughs) Holy shit. The big day was here and Hallie was ready. The whole of the Dwarf Brewing Company, from Red and Crotch down, were here to revel in the future success, and some, judging by the dark brown vomit stains on their tunics, were here for the complimentary booze. (laughs) (laughs) She stood at the base of the mountain, besides a rope that would pull the curtain down, listening to the brass band, who were at least playing some decent music, like Stagecoach Confessional. (laughs) Oh my god. And Nine Inch Flails. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, she was tingling with excitement. 
the brewery board had proclaimed that no families or kids could be present at the unveiling, mainly because Tina Tingletits and Dave Danglerod, dwarf exotic ex- entertainers extraordinaire, had been hired <laughs> to mingle in the crowd. Good. I can't believe they got Tingletits, man. <laughs> Good, thought Halley. Red and Crotch and the board were seated on a centre dais, looking every bit the smug gits they were. The Jackson twins were farting in their hands and blowing it in each other's faces. Oh. Red and Crotch rose to talk into a giant metal cone. Get ready, the clay pot muttered in the bag at Hallie's hip. In agreement, she placed two fingers around the cork stopper. Company, it has been many years since the dank pit marauders pillaged this mine from the orc scum who were basically just licking the magical deposits off the walls. Red and Crotch announced. <laughs> Only half listening, the dwarf wizard Nobliostro refastened his robe tight, guilty at the mention of magical deposits after that whole public indecency debacle. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we run a magical brewery that makes up half the exports of the Sunstark Mountains. And to commemorate, we have arranged for this... artist... to carve the board's visages into the mountain for the entire world to know our success. He waved a hand towards the Dark Elf. Halley. The stopper came out of the bottle easily, and a shrill whistling was heard before the curtains began to rustle. Suddenly, Slim Dankpit, in the body of a large stone golem, burst through the curtain with an ear-splitting roar, and for some reason known only to Halley, two giant cocks where his hands should be. (laughs) (laughs) Instantly, the front four rows of the crowd died of shock, voiding their bowels and producing a stink that the world had not smelled since the that dragon with the chronic IBS had been vanquished a century ago. <laughs> Dankpit swung a dick hand into the dais, reducing the board to a dirty dick-induced smear. <laughs> oh. I mean, been there. <laughs> Hallie watched her stone giant with the soul of a dead dwarf destroy every member of the Dankpit company, and sadly, Tina Tingletits and Dave Danglerod. But honestly, their act was ob- obscene. He made pate of them, the efficiency frighteningly satisfying. Axes, swords, arrows, nothing could even so much as dent the rocky bastard. One set of dwarves quickly rigged up a makeshift trebuchet, aiming at the golem's head and firing. The rock knocked the head clean from dank pit, but the stone they had fired was of similar size and shape, so when it nestled in the empty space between his shoulders, he just went on attacking with a new featureless head. In 20 minutes, in 20 minutes, everyone but Hallie and Stone and the Stone Dank Pit were dead or dying, and Hallie was riding around on Dank Pit's shoulder in a victory lap when they heard a whimpering under some rubble. No, it wasn't little Timmy Blackcrest, who had probably starved to death by now, but Red wow. and Crotch, his legs crushed to an indistinguishable mass like some slug. The dwarf Oof. looked up in fear at his destroyers. Why? Red and Crotch begged. Hallie wiped her face, her sleeve now covered in indigo paint, revealing natural green-tinged skin. <gasps> she had been at Murkout Point with her rebellious darker boyfriend, Brian. <laughs> Brian! <laughs> when the dwarves had massacred everyone she had known and loved in the Wood Elf village of Gladecleft, her anguished cries to the Mothman prophesiers had made them take pity on her as, she che- as they chewed small holes in her tunic. <laughs> <laughs> They had revealed a possible future, filled with revenge on the dwarven butchers. 
All it had taken was 10 years of stonework study under the master Gawain the Rock Johnson. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. A few bribes, a decade of obsession. But here, at the end, there was only one answer. This is for the wood elves, you short-ass bitch. (laughs) But I'm four foot ten inches, Red and Crotch protested. (laughs) And I meant, why the giant cock hands? (laughs) That's what all dwarf men say. And it's so you can get fucked like you fucked my kin, Halley smirked. (laughs) (laughs) At that, Dankpit's stone body crushed him to a pulp with a giant cock and balls hand. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, it was done. They were all dead. Ah, that was satisfying, Dankpit bellowed. The brewery is yours, my child. Nah, I don't need it. If I wanted to own a skanky shaft, I'd go visit a dwarf whorehouse. (laughs) She crushed the pot in her hands and let the shards of bone, clay and beard hair, beard hair, fall to the (laughs) ground. Flint-fingered Frankie laughed a hearty laugh as he ascended to the afterlife and she could hear the ghostly soundtrack from that film about the ghost who does the ghost pottery to connect with his wife when he becomes a ghost. (laughs) What was that film called again? Oh yeah, Anal Pottery Sluts 27. You should really see the first one. <laughs> it doesn't make You're sense not be without able the to previous follow the story. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to follow. Dankpit's spirit screamed as he was forced out of the stone carving and back into his guild-framed prison. Now reign their success on them, my beautiful creation, Halley said, and flicked the mid-stride stone golem in the centre of the chest on the sweet spot she had specifically carved to shatter on impact before black backflipping into a nearby tree with a wood elf's natural grace. With a crack like thunder, the stone golem split in two and began to crumble, raining shards of stone onto the mountainside, which she had weakened significantly in her carving. The shaft inside the mine began to close, and Hallie hopped out of the tree to survey her good work. It was done. She wiped a tear from her eye, turned, and left. The end? No, wait! Mid-credits scene! Little Timmy Blackcrest emerged from the rubble to watch Halley Swiftfeather walking away from the destruction of his whole world and spat onto the earth vowing revenge. But unfortunately, a month of dark climbing had weakened him and left him part blind and he accidentally spat on his own shoe. The end! For real now! (laughs) Man, an eye for an eye and the world goes blind. (laughs) Holy shit. So this is my new uh, uh, Elder Scrolls canon. (laughs) This is where the Dwemer went. This is so fucking good. Holy shit. Oh. I am incredibly impressed that you crafted a sci-fi comedy, a crass sci-fi comedy, and did it entirely in your own voice. It's so <laughs> With good. Josh right there, having just no. read one. Dude, Gawain the Rock Johnson. That is fucking brilliant. Genius. Um, I, Great story. I couldn't. I, you know when you you know you know when you write something that is a little bit funny and you can't stop laughing at your own jokes, yeah. right? Oh yeah. yeah. Mothman yeah, prophecies. Yeah. I had that to... killed me. <laughs> That's great. I knew Jeff was gonna love it. I was like, oh my I God. loved it so much. <laughs> it's his favorite cryptid. I do love the Mothman, and he um, loves me back, and we have many children. <laughs> There we go. Holy shit. I I am incredibly impressed with that story, Rich. I don't know if I could keep from falling into Josh's cadence of writing (laughs) if I did that type of a comedy story. It's like you somehow improved it. Oh, no. No way. 
I, that's one I of think the they're things, equally as good. That's one of the I things think... I do like, well, love about this is that we've, to, you know, suck our own dicks for a minute. Um, yeah, so we've yeah. all got our own style. And I think right. it shows through true. what we're doing. Um, I mean, it's called bros before pros because mm-hmm. we're bros exactly. before the pros. Yep. And it, it has B, the letter B and four in the title, unlike those other 12 podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's better. Shut up. <laughs> how, many times, how many times did you mention that on M Class? Petition to rename the show Gawain the Rock Johnson. <laughs> the Mothman Prophecyers is the that's name a of the good, show. That's a really good one, too, yeah. Man, I can't. I'm exhausted from laughing. Yeah, me too. Like, I'm like shit. fried. <laughs> oh, so, um, we should. I've oh, so I've set up. Oh, a, real quick, go, real go, quick go, before go. we get into the end credits thing. Yeah. I I wanted to suck Josh's dick for a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Josh was like in the fir- in the first story that I did. Josh was like, "Wow, you're like you're like so descriptive in your writing." And in this story, Josh got descriptive as fuck, and it was so immersive, and I was so fucking into it. Mm-hmm. I uh, I'm really good at gross descriptions. Yeah, yeah like but so is Rich. It's, like, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> like I almost puked. I was I was constantly swallowing my own puke through that whole. I story. felt the bile building up, but also like the number three in my balls was building up at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It was extremely confusing. It was like two earthquakes were about to meet on the fault mm-hmm. line. <laughs> what happens? <laughs> yeah, I, I just want I just wanted to suck a little D there for a second. Also, well, I, Rich, goddamn, you yeah. grossed me the fuck out. You're really good at. Describing disgusting things. Thanks. I fucking hate dwarves. Now. Yeah, I loved dwarves before that store. <laughs> yeah, it's only these dwarves. It's only okay. these dwarves that are the bad ones. Not all dwarves. So you're saying not exactly not all dwarves. Not all dwarves. Yeah. Hashtag. Sorry to interrupt. You could proceed no. with the end of the show. Now. No, that's good. I'm sorry. That's, no, it's, it's absolutely fine. We got. We got. A, we got. A, We've got to pimp ourselves up, right? We've got to, we've got to lift each other yeah, up. Oh, yeah. The, the holy triangle doesn't work. The holy triangle. Yeah. <laughs> the holy triangle. We have, to, we have to pimp ourselves out. I mean, uh. Mm-hmm. The holy three-way. <laughs> um, so, I've got a uh, random number generator for our next two prompts. So, I'm going to hit I'm gonna hit the button. Uh, the first prompt is chainsaws. <laughs> wow. Nice. And the second prompt... Is, is amputation. That one's going to well, be easy. That'll work. That's pretty easy. That'll work. There you go. And those two prompts were from... Chainsaws was from... Is Really Donut. Oh, I love um, that guy. Yeah. And amputations is for Viperous. Thank you very much. Oh, Vippy. So, uh, yeah. Keep sending your prompts into at bros b4 pros pod <laughs> i was just gonna stop mid i was gonna stop mid twitter handle then bros b4 anyway yeah, there you go. see you later uh, bye <laughs> you know um, i think i'm going to not write a horror story for chainsaws and, and amputations i'm yeah. gonna challenge that's myself. a tough one that's a tough yeah rom-com <laughs> rom-com <laughs> dude loves lumberjackery <laughs> Um, so, uh, 
so that's what we'll be doing in two weeks. Um, as mm-hmm. always, yeah, send your prompts into us. Uh, that's the way we're going to do it until um, until we set up some sort of paid for service that well, you have to you give have us to money buy to, to you have to buy to what am i talking about i've used all my good words in the story i don't need to buy speak into um, um yeah you'd we're have to on sp- itunes and spotify now and we oh, should we also are. be on every podcatcher that you could possibly have yeah google are we on google <laughs> um, google podcasts jeff and i spent I a know. collective i would say probably about seven hours because yeah. there was yeah, something yeah, wrong with it um, so there always is. It was fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> yep. yep. Um, I cannot agree more. <laughs> <laughs> but we did it. Well, more accurately, you did it. I can't we take did any... it. It was a team effort. <laughs> I told you everything I did that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that's part of success, right? <laughs> Failure is a part of success unless you fail so hard that you get fired. That's, yeah, that's that true. could happen still. Um... <laughs> No, give us, um, go to iTunes and give us a review on Mm -hmm. Spotify as well. Shoot us a review and, um, tell your friends and tell your your mom, your parents and your clergy, (laughs) go to confession and tell them how you listen to, uh, three hilarious and disgusting stories. Tell your therapists about us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just get the word out there because uh, we we have no money at all mm-hmm. to advertise, yeah. and we probably never will. So we're fucking dirt ass poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want more of these stories, uh, rate, review, and share. Mm-hmm. We oh yeah, review us on iTunes. Yep. Yeah, I just said that. You fucking. I, I'm reiterating. <laughs> And in a in an in, in a sort of less you know reviewy way, give us some feedback on Twitter because we really like receiving that, and um, oh, yeah. all the good comments have sort of fueled us a little bit more and stuff like that, and made doing the first episode totally worth it. Um, yeah, I mean, I was blown away by like the fan art and the comments and the followers we received after like 20 minutes of going live and like 400 <laughs> listens in two days and i was just kind of like beautiful i was just yeah i think we were all a bit i don't know we were all a bit a little bit anxious right before we started yeah. doing this um, yeah. I, I i was fine i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> sure josh, josh never I gets was, anxious i so. don't ever feel feelings i'm a robot <laughs> josh bullied us josh was like fucking pussies Fucking, yeah. Man up, you sackless fucks. You little bitches feeling feelings over here. <laughs> oh, do you need your pussies wiped? <laughs> yeah, please. Um, oh. On that note, we'll close the... Uh, oh, I was going to say close the book. What a fucking cliche. We'll stop this yeah. week's episode. Right, you're British. Um, it's all right. <laughs> big thanks. We'll, we'll close the laptop on this episode. <laughs> Um, big thanks to our good friend Vidizen for the use of his music, uh, especially created for our theme tune, which is absolutely oh, the, one of the best things he's ever done. Um, if you're not fucking smoking cigarettes in the woods, dance fighting to this, you're a fucking <laughs> chump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just got word. Uh, it should be in this episode, hopefully. He's yeah, got, will be. He's got a, uh, a slowed down version of it for the ending theme. Oh, well. good. I thought you were going to say, like, if you want a close dance to it. <laughs> no. Yeah. At the end of the prom, it's your, Clo- this is the one. Close dance your dicks together. <laughs> this is a couple skate version <laughs> <Yeah>. right here. <laughs> um, you can follow Vidison uh, on Twitter at, at underscore Vidison underscore. 
um, mm-hmm. and find out all about his recent albums, his work, and all that stuff. Um, Josh, apart from on uh, a poster in the post office, where can people find out more information about you? <laughs> Don't look at that post office poster. It's bad. The lighting was bad, and I was high on rock salt. <laughs> Uh, you can watch me on a continue show on YouTube or find me on Twitter at at Henderson 1983. Good year. Uh, I do a podcast with Jeff. He'll say that though next, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do a show called pretend friends with a bunch of people that we know. You should listen to that too. That's good. When's it? It's back soon, isn't it? It, yeah, I think so. I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Quick Unless transition. Fired, I don't know. <laughs> Quickly moving away from that. Uh, Jeff, <laughs> apart from on the walls of the gas station restrooms, where can people find out more about you? Look, for a good time call, is all I'm <laughs> saying. That's how, I, that's how we met, so, you know, I'm not going to knock it. Yep. For a good time call, we'll do a podcast. <laughs> also, I'll give you a blowy. Um, Still waiting for mine. Uh, you can find my uh, my art out and about on the internet at jeffpennington.art. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jeff Pennington, and I do a podcast with Josh called M Class Podcast, all about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, uh, I probably do other things, but uh, what about <laughs> what about you, Richard? Um, oh God, oh God, that sounded that sounded so weird coming out of your mouth, Richard. Richard. That's a, that's a tone reserved only for my wife and my mum. <laughs> Where else can people well, find you, Richard? Um, I could be you both. can follow me on Twitter uh, at MastersRich. Um, you can see my website at uh, it's on uh, boldlypros.com and follow that on at boldlypros. Um, I do a podcast with a bunch of cool people that is a comedy set in the Star Trek universe called at, uh, you'll find it at atupon on subspace or at ttos.cool. Um, and then I do a cartoon podcast with my good friend Spivsy, um, and you'll find us on Twitter at Toonhounds. <laughs> Check it out. Books. Check them out. Um, I think that gets eight orc dicks, orc dicks out of eight, that episode. Eight, yeah, yeah. Eight I agree. Is, the, is the top you can get? I mean, yeah, it's 8.2. That is the top. Well, eight is a weird number for orc dicks. It's usually seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you see them in a quad like that? It's weird. Yeah. Eight eight point two is the max uh, an orc can count to. A vestigial <laughs> dick. I'm not trying to get orcist on here with orcrist. <laughs> <laughs> orcrist. Um, anything else we want to say before we go? Nah. Big butts, love them. Keep That's on it. storying. Keep on storying. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be back in two weeks. See you soon, guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.